0: As we begin our study of Colossians, let's not take a long time posing at the beginning the questions of, when was this written? Where was it written? To whom was it written? Why was it written? Let's deal with each of those as we come to them in the text. Is that okay? That's my approach. Because I know I'd like to get into this right away instead of stepping back and taking lots of sessions on introductory matters. So here we go. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. So, I want to focus now on Paul, Apostle of Christ, will of God. Father, introduce us now at the very beginning here to your authoritative, inspired, apostolic spokesman. Show us who he is and why we should trust his authority in writing this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul, let's let him introduce himself to us. Acts chapter 22, he's been arrested. What does he say? I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia. That's southeast Turkey. So he was part of the scattered Jewish population, the diaspora, but brought up in this city. That's Jerusalem. So he he moved early on Perhaps his parents came or sent him as a child, and he was educated at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the most esteemed Jewish rabbis. According to the strict manner of the law, Paul was not an outlier when it came to Judaism. He was at the thick and center of the Jewish people as a strict Law keeping leader. The law of our fathers being zealous. He wasn't passive in his commitment to the law and God as he understood him. Zealous for God as all of you are this day. He describes himself further in the letter to the Philippians. If anyone else thinks that he has reason for confidence in the flesh, in other words, ordinary, Uh, Human achievements and distinctives, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm of the people of Israel. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, I'm a Pharisee. That's as strict and thorough as you can get with regard to knowledge of God and His Word. As to zeal, I'm a persecutor of the church. Ah. as to righteousness under the law, I'm blameless. I don't know anything against myself. But something happened here. We'll find out. Whatever gain I had in all that, all my ground for boasting before men, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Something happened dramatically to create a new person. What was it? Here's the way he describes it. X 9. He's heading from Jerusalem to Damascus to arrest Christians because they are so contrary to what his own self-understanding is before God, and they are calling into question his very significance as a faithful Jewish person. Now, as Paul went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling on the ground, he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus. Oh, no. (laughs) Jesus is dead. He's dead. He cannot be alive. If he's alive, my life is utterly going in the wrong direction. I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Rise, enter the city. You'll be told what you are to do. I mean, this is absolutely sovereign takeover, right? There's no negotiation going on here. You're mine, Paul you've been going against me. You're going to serve me the rest of your life. You are mine. I choose you. Now, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him, Rise, go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for he is, that that was what he was called in his Jewish name before he became Paul, for he is a chosen instrument of mine. I choose him. He's mine. I'm going to make him do what I want him to do for the glory of my Father and for the good of this world, to carry my name before the Gentiles, the nations, the kings, the the Jewish people. For I will show him how much he must suffer, and suffering will be part of Paul's ministry the rest of his life. And we're going to see that just a few verses from now, down in verse 24 of chapter 1, where suffering becomes an essential part of Paul's ministry. So Jesus basically took him over. He describes it like this, rooting it before he was born. Galatians 1 I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But he who had set me apart before I was born, that means in the womb, God said, You're mine. And then he allows Paul to be a Christian killer for how many years? We don't know. And who called me by his grace on the Damascus Road, he was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach among the Gentiles. Now he belongs to Jesus. Now Paul interprets all of this, Jesus makes it very plain that he is among God's chosen. Apostle. So, he's Paul. We've met Paul. Now, he is made an apostle. 1 Corinthians 15.7. Paul writes, Jesus appeared to James after his resurrection, then to all the apostles. Last of all, to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. This, This picture is, okay, he's making me one of his chosen apostles that walked with him through his life. And I wasn't among those when they were walking with him through his life. So I'm like one added, crazy, untimely born. I've, been rece- I- I've received a privilege a thousand times beyond anything I can imagine since I was a Christ persecutor. For I am the least of the apostles. So there's the claim. I'm one of them unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. So we need to step back and ask now, who are these folks? What does that word mean, apostle? Because that's what Paul says. He is, I am Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. So let's go back and watch Jesus create the apostleship. Here's Mark 3. Jesus went up on the mountain and called to him those who he desired. And they came to him and he appointed 12, whom he named apostles. The word means ones who are sent as representatives, emissaries, authoritative spokesmen, so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and to have authority and to cast out demons. Authority to cast out demons. So apostles. Are chosen from among the disciples. Apostle and disciple don't mean the same thing. A disciple is a faithful follower of Jesus. An apostle is chosen as a select number who would especially be with him to hear all of his teachings and whom he would send with authority. They would preach, they would have authority, they would cast out demons. In other words, they would extend the ministry of Jesus. Unless we think, well, when Jesus is gone, did they get it right when they were teaching? And here's what Jesus says in John 16 to take care of that problem. I still have many things to say to you, he says to the apostles, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, so he's going to send a replacement, as it were, of himself, namely his Spirit. He will guide you into all the truth. That's an amazing and glorious promise, isn't it? He's going to guide these apostles into the truth so that when they write, we may have a foundation to stand on. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Did the apostles, did Paul think he was a subject of that blessing? Yes, he did. Here's what he says in 1 Corinthians 2. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of who is from God. So, this is a fulfillment of John 16. That we might understand the things freely given to us by God, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom. What we read in the apostolic writings is not mere human wisdom wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. This is a claim of divine inspiration for the apostles, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The upshot of being inspired by the Spirit, not speaking as a mere human, is authority. Listen to this amazing claim. If it's, if if he's not inspired by God, this is outrageous. If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge the things that the things that I am writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, namely that I'm speaking for the Lord, he's not recognized. That is amazing. That means The apostles were the final authority under God in the early church. Even prophets must yield to the authoritative teaching of the apostles, which means that with that kind of inspiration and that kind of authority, they become the foundation then of the church and of our lives. So then, Paul writes in Ephesians, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, but that's built, that household that we are a part of is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. The apostles, along with the prophets, are the foundation of the church. Now, summing up, back to Colossians 1. I am Paul, that's who's writing to you the book, the letter to Colossi. I am Paul, the Jewish rabbi, the hater of Christians, dramatically, gloriously, mercifully converted on the Damascus road in accordance with the will of God that had been exercised over my life as soon as I entered my mother's womb by conception he had choked he had chosen me. And in choosing me he appointed me to be among his apostles, namely the apostles of Jesus Christ, which means that what Paul is doing here is laying a foundation for us. He's In these words right here, Apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of Almighty Creator God, he is saying, pay attention to what I have to say. This is the very word of the risen Christ. This is the word of God. This is the foundation of the church. This is the final authority of your life.